Welcome to the Region Biome Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Team Felix Turcotte, a certified integrative health practitioner, level one and two, certified in blood chemistry and functional lab testing. I love helping people with GI issues, weight loss, mold exposure, heavy metals, misters problems, and health optimization. I love helping people get to the root cause of their health struggles and simplify healing. Ready to transform your health? Go to regionbiome.com and click book a call. All the support is greatly appreciated. If you enjoy, please write a five-star review on iTunes or the platform of your choice. Enjoy the podcast and please share this with anyone that this would help. Welcome to episode 16 of the Region Biome Podcast. So in today's episode, we will be diving into a critical aspect of our bodies that often goes unnoticed but affects millions of people daily a true epidemic that remains largely unspoken. So this is a real issue that we're facing every single day. So our focus will be on low stomach acid or in other terms, hypochloridria, so in scientific terms. So throughout this episode, we'll be exploring the common signs and red flags of low stomach acid, the long-term health implications associated with it, effective methods of testing, its presence, and practical strategies to prevent and address this condition. So again, before we begin, it's important to know that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice. Always consult with your medical doctor before making any changes to your diet or supplement regimen. Get ready to dive in and unravel the mystery surrounding low stomach acid. Well, hello, guys. So welcome to episode 16. I'm so excited about this episode. So I'm actually tuning in and recording this beautiful episode from the beautiful Mesa in Arizona in the United States of America. So I'm super excited to uh, tune back in. So this episode is going to be super interesting. This is actually a topic that I, um, you know, I see commonly um, impacting a lot of my clients myself and it's have it has impacted my my own health myself too um, due to so hypochloridria low stomach acid such a common thing um, that is actually impacting 20% of American adult population thus far in the United States so with one of the condition called GERD so gastroesophageal reflux disease so or acid reflux really common so there's multiple causes when it comes down to um, low stomach acids. And we have to remember one thing when it comes down to low stomach acids. So there's so many a plethora of, you know, detox protocols out there or parasite cleansing. And just know that the first thing is if your hydrochloric acid is not in check, um, it's going to be a real issue, you know, so we often jumped in into these um, protocols and things, but we have to also consider um, multiple things that uh, besides, you know, these these infections, and we have to ask ourselves why were what what was the cause of these um, pathogens? Um, proliferation. So why are they present right now in overgrowth, right? So oftentimes we see these pathogens as being always bad, but no, no, that, you know, multiple bacteria, viral, fungal parasites lives within us and symbiote, and we have a symbiotic relationship with them. So we have to understand that. But this is where, you know, we often forget that all stomach acid uh, plays a key role in managing uh, or either it's contributing 
um, the proliferation of these pathogens. So first and for all, so we have to understand that the stomach uh, acid is so important. So the stomach requires a really highly acidic environment, so a pH that range approximately between 1.5 to 3.5 pH. So there's a lot of talk about alkalinity and alkaline waters. There's a big difference, but it's not going to be a topic on water. Um, but how we must keep the acidity level of the stomach really, really low between these ranges. Otherwise, we are going to have some issues when it comes down to digestions of protein, um, especially HCL plays a key role in activating multiple other enzymes or killing harmful microorganisms and bacteria. Uh, fungal and bacterial and parasitic uh, parasites, right? So, um, you know, because HCL actually protects um, basically, um, you know, from these pathogens from entering the digestive system in the first place. This is our first, so your mouth is so crucial. So the mouth microbiome is also very, very important. Um, so, and this is how we really absorb nutrients. So with low stomach acids, there's, which I'll talk about, you know, many uh, signs and symptoms and things that can happen. Uh, but first and for all, let's just talk about, you know, some of my past experience myself, you know, what I've, uh, you know, seen with a low stomach acid. So a lot of indigested. So I, back in the years, so between 2016 uh, to 2020. One, I would say, so when I had my, you know, my longest and um, not atrocious, not atrocious, that would be a, a poor word to use, but my really more difficult and my chronic digestive issues that I had back then, that's really when I was having a lot of un undigested foods, gas, bloating, belching, um, you know, like very stinky farts and uh, unregulated bowels and my motility was not on point and I was having, you know, a lot of chronic issues when it comes down to energy levels and and so and multiple gut dysbiosis so i had bacterial overgrowth that i was able to identify from doing an organic acid test and some running some blood chemistry that you know the funny part with that is i i go back to some of my labs and i'm like oh my gosh i was dealing with this um so this is where you know clostridium, clostridium difficile which is really common so c diff um, so especially for most people that have actually um, used some antibiotics in the past. So this is so commonly. Um, so just recently just had a client as well, you know, with high, uh, low stomach acids um, based on her labs as well as uh, especially as a stool analysis. So uh, we're seeing some a lot of different types of pathogens that are proliferating that are overgrowing. So and which is one of the leading issues that she's experiencing um, is due to low stomach acid. So for one of the first things so um, that can happen uh, in causes of low stomach acid is aging. So as we age, we also have a reduction in hydrochloric acid. So we have to consider that stress is a huge one cortisol so cortisol actually shuts the production of hydrochloric acid uh, so when we're stressed we also do release other types of hormones um, or either like when we consume from like our uh, high refined carbohydrates diet, there's a real issues too, uh, especially as simple sugars. So this also triggers insulin release, which can inhibit the uh, hormone gastrin. This is why also stress cortisol inhibits that uh, beautiful and so important gastrin hormone, uh, which release um, 
and the facts which need to be released and affects the parietal cells inside the stomach lining. Um, so this is why, you know, when we consume food, uh, when food enters our, our stomach or when we start um, putting food in our mouth, we have this release of this hormone, gastrin, being released. And so, and it goes inside the stomach and it binds on to the parietal cells in the stomach lining. This is where gut function and gut health is so important so we have proper gut functions if you don't address the gut uh, integrity right off the get-go you will be struggling so i don't care what protocols you're taking on and a lot of people go after attacking getting rid of pathogens while not taking care of the you know foundational biochemistry of the body which is so essential uh which we need that so this is something so we must address that. Uh, one of the other key things that is so, so, so common that I see all the time on blood chemistry is low zinc levels, which will trigger uh, poor synthesis of uh, HGL production. Same with B1 timing. So if you are consuming a ton of alcohol, well, no one thing. In order for you to break down alcohol, you need a lot of these uh, minerals, but like zinc, but also B1. It is essential to clear uh, ethanol or acetaldehyde out of the body, which is what uh, commonly affects the body, or this is what is being released from taking and consuming alcohol. So this is why a lot or people that have high levels of candida and yeast overgrowth, so uh, which you will need a lot of B1 because uh, candida and yeast and fungal actually produces a lot of acetaldehyde, which needs to be broken down. So uh, from some key enzymes which we can know genetically um, ALDH and ADH so you can always refer back to some of my posts in uh, recently on uh, low stomach acids and hypochloroduria so this is a, those are one of the main uh, issues also drugs so like NSAIDs aspirin um, so they can actually inhibit a production so like ibuprofen all these things all these things so it can really inhibit the productions of substance calls uh, another hormones prostaglandins uh, which actually helps to protect the stomach lining and regulates HCL production so secretion um, so that's a huge issue so if we are damaging the specific hormones then we have end up with low HCL not so good anti-acids so important as well so Anti-acid, they do work. They work really, really well. So a lot of people, you know, when you have low stomach acids, uh, you can have the counter effect of, um, or symptoms, I would say. So a lot of people uh, think that they have uh, high stomach acids so because they have reflux, and so they go on to these proton pump inhibitors, which is a huge issue because it actually increased the pH levels, right? So which, you know, you will feel a lot better right away, but then, um, and, and these drugs are not meant to be used long-term. So, and what can actually happen, it can potentially lead to a rebound hyperacidity once the antiacid wears off. So this is an issue with a lot of people. And so we have have this um, uh, the sphincter so that basically there's a little valve that helps to control um, the amounts of stomach acid that answers and, and enters the stomach so to digest and break down our food so um, so when you know your body is the body is so smart so the body is actually looking to have adequate amounts and levels of hydrochloric acid so uh, that little door does not shut off until there's proper amounts of uh, hydrochloric acid in the stomach to break down your food so until this doesn't happen your body will still keep the door open and so this is where and when the stomach so the HGL uh, or stomach acid in the stomach can actually go back up and this is when we get some 
reflux symptoms. So, and this is more more often than than not right now. So, in some cases, yes, you can have too much hydrochloric acid, uh, but those are much more rare. So, on normal basis, the symptoms of hyper uh, stomach acid is actually caused by low stomach acid. So, uh, another thing that can really impact. Um, hydrochloric acid productions, low estrogen. So especially in menopausal uh, women, this is another issue. So uh, estrogen actually helps stimulate um, the hormone gastrin secretion. So without that, we can't release, um, you know, it cannot bind onto the parietal cells in the stomach lining. And then you have uh, a inhibition of the uh, hydrochloric acid production. So, uh, and also low, low estrogen can also alter stomach motility. Uh, so estrogen, it helps regulate the movement and contraction of the stomach muscles. Really important. Uh, so known as stomach motility, right? So optimal stomach motility is crucial for proper mixing and digestion of foods. So the thing is, when estrogen levels are low, it can lead to changes in the stomach motility, potentially affecting the secretion of HGL overall digestion. So really important. We have to understand that. So um, and it's just um, a key role. And it also plays a key impact on the LES, so the lower esophageal sphincter, which I was talking about. Um, so which the um, the LES of sphincter basically is, is like a ring of the muscle that separates the esophagus from the stomach, right? So it helps prevent stomach acid from flowing back into the esophagus, protecting against acid reflux, right? So it's when that little door stays open, it goes all the way back up in the esophagus, and this is when you get the reflux symptoms, right? So, um, so it's really important because estrogen helps maintain the tone and function of the LES, so super important. Um, so when it's too low, it can contribute to a weakened LES, potentially allowing acid reflux and reducing the effectiveness of the HGL in the stomach, right? So other key things, there's uh, marijuana use, is also there's some studies that shown you know impacting uh, most people because when you actually have the munchies that actually help stimulate HEL but in prolonged use of it so um, there's more studies that needs to be done but uh, in some of them it shows that you know prolonged use of um, marijuana is um, I don't consume it so here are my words uh, but uh, no no judgment here uh, but yeah so for prolonged use of weed the so can actually impact uh, so chronic, and can in some cases it can diminish your appetite. Um, so not everyone. So low appetite. So when you don't eat, you don't have as much HDL production. So, but also overeating can cause, um, you know, a low stomach acid. So this is another issue. Uh, autoimmunity. So autoimmune issues uh, attacking parietal cells can also be another issues. Uh, when it comes down to low stomach acid causes. So some symptoms that, that are really important uh, to actually spot and have a little bit of a red flag when it comes down to low stomach acid. So number one so would be some gas, belching, bloating. So normally you would feel a little worse one hour after eating. So this is when you're going to get the bloat uh, after eating your meal. Uh, oftentimes heartburns is another issue, nail problems. Um, so it could be soft, brittle, weak, peeling, cracked. So those are, are some really common symptoms. Are also a lot of white spots on your nails. So that could be a contributing factor of low zinc. So if you have these white spots on your nails, so check that in. So, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine is very important. So looking at your, your nails is also a very, very common thing. So low zinc, really important. 
So hair loss, all right, especially in women. So a lot of women have a lot of hair loss issues. So if you don't have proper amounts of HGL, you cannot have enough nutrients also for your thyroid functions, right? So you need proper zinc, copper, so an iron, you need um, other key nutrients like your iodine. So we have to understand selenium and amino acids, right? So we need tyrosine for the proper thyroid function. So we have, uh, we, we, we need, we require proper stomach acid. So other things, constipation or diarrhea, so if you have loose stool or you're constipated, that could be due to low stomach acid, acne, rosacea, so iron deficiency, anemia. So, so common. So if you have uh, low stomach acid, you will not be able to break down and absorb your iron. So, which a lot of people that are, pre in my case, it's the opposite, right? I have an issue with iron overload, so very, very different. So I just got to make sure, still have to make sure um, that I have proper HCL. So if you are listening to this episode and you do have a mercomatosis, iron overload, genetically know that low stomach acid is a real issue for us as well too because the problem is you can also have low stomach acid can drive definitely to parasitic or um, pathogens overgrow, which can lead to, uh, um, you know, a proliferation because pathogens feeds off iron as well it's like a buffet we are like a buffet for them so um so it's so important so some diseases associated with apochloridria uh things like diabetes right so diabetes is this real issues in america i think top like seven or eight leading cause of death in america is so important um so part of absorption of your nutrients is, is key right so you will have a lot of issues when it comes down to digestive problems like even like you know Crohn's IBD and all these uh, IBS if you have low B12 absorption due to low stomach acids a real problem so I've seen also childhood asthma thyroid dysfunction skin conditions like again eczema vitiligo rosacea psoriasis osteoporosis autoimmune arthritis lupus chronic atrophic gastritis so gastric inflammation so that's prolonged uh, issues of um high stomach acids well which the leading cause again it, it, it all starts with low stomach acid so in most cases um so it's really important uh and key things to understand too uh we have to uh we have to make sure that we you know um we identify so uh, some of these key things so if you experience any of these symptoms the likelihood that you have low HCL is so common. Um, and some of the key things and what can we do to actually test for low stomach acid. So we have to make sure that we, number one, we run some functional blood chemistry. That's number one. So there's key things running a CBC with a CMP system, normally from a CMP, a complete metabolic panel. So on a normal basis, you should always ask your doctor um, to be running this, very, very important. Um, so it's uh, some key markers, you know, that we identify um, in the CMP, uh, such as, well, you know, and in CBC as well. So, but we, in the CMP, we definitely look at your CO2, your anion gap, your alkaline phosphatase. We definitely look at calcium, globulin, and your albumin. All these things are very, very important to check when it comes down to 
um, to low stomach acid. So especially in the CBC as well. So if we see a, some elevation when it comes down to your MCV, so, so important. So we can always see this. So anything above 90, uh, you can see a potential need for vitamin B12 and B9, which B12 is very common also in, in you know, in digestive issues. Um, so that's going to be a good sign of, you know, low stomach acid. But also we look at your BUN, your BUN, um, blood urea, nitrogen, your phosphorus, and albumin. So you need to have proper amounts of magnesium also, of chlor uh, uh, chlorine as well too, chloride, sorry, uh, chloride into the diet. So this is why having enough salt as well too so is a good form uh, to get enough chloride to make HCL. So if you don't hydrate yourself, very, very important that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so one of the key things too that I love to test and make sure that we have, this is key functions, right? So when we get your levels tested, so through blood work, uh, one key thing that I love to test with clients is to make sure that they have enough in this castrin uh, hormone in the blood, right? So uh, you need proper levels above 45 uh, to uh, 290 normally, it's the optimal ranges. Um, so we want to make sure that your gastrin level, so serum gastrin is something that I love to test myself and clients. Um, so, and it's just been crazy how, how many people actually have low gastrin levels. Uh, so, 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 so common. So I will see this. Um, and, you know, the thing is, you have to understand too that low stomach acid can lead to a lot of immune dysfunction too. Because if you don't have enough protein, you cannot make a lot of these... Uh, this protein that helps us um, fight multiple issues, like especially your immunoglobulins. We need protein to activate multiple enzymes and, and other functions in the body. But yeah, so low stomach acid, definitely an issue, right? So if you don't have protein, you cannot heal the intestinal tract. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Um, but one key thing too is really important. So you, we also have to address a full iron panel. So if you don't test a full iron panel, so not just testing your ferritin, you need to have your serum iron, but mostly the TIBC is what I look for. Uh, if you have chronic anemia, um, that could be led through uh, low stomach acids oftentimes. Well, we have to, there's another SDFR marker that we can test as well too through LabCorp and see if either it's uh, chronic anemia from an actual deficiencies or it could be from um, you know, and infections and something like that or overgrowth of pathogens or whatnot. So, but one key thing as well too that impacts a lot of people that we often hear is getting tested for H. pylori, which is another issues um, that impacts so many people that goes underseen. And so low levels of HCL can allow H. pylori to basically bury itself into the thick layers of the mucosa of the stomach. So it lives under the lining of the mucus in the stomach. So, And then the problem is with H. pylori is once uh, H. pylori is basically safe in the mucus, uh, it, it is able to fight stomach acid that normally does reach, um, you know, it does reach it with an enzyme that it possesses called urease. So this is so smart. So basically H. pylori, so you have low HCL, H. pylori comes in, it starts proliferating, right? It's part of us, it's in symbiotics. So there's a lot of talk, you know, and research that says that is it, you know, potentially helpful? I think in some cases for sure, uh, but also it can really impact your hydrochloric acid level. So H. pylori comes in, starts actually hiding in a thick stomach layer of your, your stomach, and then it starts pro um, producing this enzyme called urease, which 
actually helps convert urea, which is an abundance of supply in the stomach, uh, which comes from saliva and gastric juices, and then converts to bicarbonate and ammonia, which are strong bases, right? So, which urease creates a, a cloud of acid neutralizing chemicals around the H. pylori, so which protects um, H. pylori from the acid of the stomach. So, this is a real problem because. Um, so <laughs> this little bugger actually can actually produce more of that enzyme that helps break down and protect itself from the stomach acid of the stomach. So which it starts growing, growing, and then it starts stealing uh, your food, right? So um, and then the thing is, the immune system will respond to an H. pylori infection um, and then start producing more white blood cells, killer T cells, but they cannot reach the infection since it cannot easily penetrate the stomach lining. So that becomes a problem. This is where we have to use some key uh, nutrients. I love, love, love using, you know, those key things that we have to look for when it comes down to H. pylori. Um, useful tools that definitely to identify number one will be um, blood chemistry and also using an antigen testing um, from a comprehensive stool analysis, which I'm a big fan of the gut zoomer, which is what I use in my practice with clients mostly. Uh, some people do like GI map as well, but the gut zoomer is definitely um, the biggest bang for your buck, uh, allowing you to test for over 300 different pathogens. And then not only this for antigens against, you know, Epstein-Barr virus or H. pylori, uh, and but definitely you have a very comprehensive uh, inflammatory panel, part of the gut zoomer, which is absolutely amazing because you want to check your calprotectin. So if you have a lot of inflammation in the gut, this is going to be your best marker to actually look at the calprotectin, which we see elevation in cases of IBD, Crohn's and colitis, all these things. So really important that you, uh, before doing a colonoscopy, not non-medical advice, but this is a, a much better um, avenue first and for all before doing colonoscopy. I think that it's much less invasive is to start doing a uh, comprehensive stool analysis. Uh, but definitely testing for H. pylori antibodies um, is, is a really good one. Uh, so in stool, really good. There's the breath test, but do so much more information on your whole gut microbiome and commensals and inflammation and potential like parasitic infections or uh, overgrowth as well and other pathogens and so yeah so really definitely a, a big start to to really begin there uh, but number one two tips would be to really reduce stress so if you are currently under a lot of stress whether it's your environment your workplace and finding proper solution breath work meditation going out for a walk exercising uh, yoga uh, all of these things getting uh, surrounded by proper community like yesterday i was with the beautiful ashley wellness we went to the biohacking uh, optimizing lab here in, in tempe arizona um so it was uh, actually in uh, around the oh the, the phoenix area but over here and it was so good it was nice but see this is where you know connecting yourself with uh with with like-minded individuals is so important as well, you know, I like to do PMF myself. So I own a higher dose PMF mat. Uh, doing some sauna gonna be great as well. So these are all great tools to help you balance uh, your cortisol levels. Yes, there's some herbs, but always start with uh, your environment and breath work and what we can do naturally. Grounding yourself outside, getting exposed to the first thing in the morning with sun. Sun exposure is so important. So doing nose first, you know, good relationship and 
dogs you know right now i'm being surrounded with a beautiful amount of animals like tons of oxytocin so super important and then the second thing would be to really replenish your nutritional deficiencies so this is key things right so making sure you get proper amounts of zinc uh, in the diet proper amounts of vitamin b1 in the diet to lower alcohol intake so you can always refer back to some uh one of my posts that i just recently did on hydrochloric acid and how to best support it so refer back to this there's a lot of good tips in there as well too uh but definitely starting there and analyzing making sure that we assess that so if you are going under any antiparasitic or parasite cleansing and all of that fun stuff it has its place, but understand that if you are still dealing with low stomach acid, it's going to be a problem. So you have to address the gut microbiome. You have to address your digestion, right? So using enzymes or hydrochloric acid, HCL, betaine HCL would be, would be a really good thing uh, for most people. Um, but chronic issues long-term of high, well, <laughs> low stomach acid can lead to uh, to high stomach stomach acid symptoms which can lead to ulcers um, and gastritis which you don't want that so it could be life-threatening in some cases long term so uh, you want to make sure that you address that so those would be some of the tips that I would definitely start beginning and making sure that you get your proper blood chemistry so if you are interested in getting your blood work done so you may contact us as well at info at regionbiome.com where you'll be able to, uh, we can get assist, uh, assistant with when it comes down to getting your proper blood work and getting a blood chemistry, chemistry analysis uh, with myself. Uh, so all the information will be in the show notes, but definitely making sure. So if you are in the United States, uh, it's a lot more accessible so I can provide uh, listeners and clients with the proper testing. Uh, also, I will be LinkedIn linking a, a link, a special link for uh, blood chemistry analysis as well, and along combination with um, a special offer when it comes down to uh, using a comprehensive stool analysis so you can do from the comfort of your home. So I'm going to have both separate uh, where you'll be able to get your um, you've got microbiome tested and see if there's any potential issues when it comes down to like H, things like H. pylori uh, and, you know, other gut dysbiosis. So it's really important, but I'll be putting all of this in the show notes. Uh, and in the meantime, if you have any questions, leave a review, leave a comment. It's always super appreciative. Uh, you can reach me on my Instagram page, which will be linked in the bio um, in the in the show notes. And so, yeah, but for now, this is going to be um, the episode on the beautiful hydrochloric acid, how much we, we need this. Um, and so if you, if you found this um, information super valuable, please, please, please always comment below, share with people. Um, and let me know, have you been impacted with hydrochloric acid um, issues, right? So if you're definitely dealing with these, it is worthwhile to investigate. So don't settle for less always settle for a lot more never settle health is a journey it's not linear there's hops there's downs and but it takes commitment it takes action so health does not come from not doing it comes from taking action so if you've been let down you don't get the pro the proper testing done just don't wait i mean it's the most valuable thing that we have is is our health so but for now uh, much love thank you for tuning in today and looking forward for the next episode which 
a little insight. Next episode coming soon, I have a beautiful part two recording with the uh, incredible Dr. Christy Sutton, author of uh, one an incredible book. So she was on uh, in regards to we, we talked a lot about anemia and hemochromatosis and episode 14, but we will be talking a lot about IBS, Crohn's disease, celiac, um, specifically. So this is going to be coming on um, very soon in June. So I have a recording with uh, with her, and so it will be live after that shortly. But uh, thank you again, and have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Region Biome Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or seeking private one-on-one health coaching, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, regenbiome.com or on Instagram at Surcott underscore JFT. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.